What about from the psychological point of view? And I think this is an area that we often overlook, especially I think in healthcare. I'm Faith Rogers, host of today's program, COVID-19, Keeping Up with a Moving Target. This is the January 22nd update of DKB Med Radio's Coronavirus Educational Series. Thank you for joining us. This activity is jointly provided by the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine, DKB Med, and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. Today's program is accredited for ANCC and AAPA credit, as well as AMA PRA Category 1 credits. Please visit our website for complete CE information. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the red claim credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit covid19.dkbmed.com. Today's learning objective is to identify one way to improve from each of the three areas of the biopsychosocial model. With us today, we have Erin Sutton, Behavioral Health Faculty at Abington Family Medicine Residency Program. Thanks for your time, Erin. Faith, thank you so much for having me and Happy New Year. Uh, this is a topic that I think is not really talked about enough with those in healthcare clinicians. And I think it's an important topic to talk about, but I think it's also a very timely topic uh, as we start the new year and as we start to talk about what types of goals you're going to have going into 2021 and how we're going to take care of ourselves from an overarching approach. So we all know about the biopsychosocial model. It is the model that we have learned throughout our, our education and training as clinicians and those working in healthcare. And really, you know, what we're talking about is the overarching view of, of a person, right? From a biological or physical sense, from a psychological point of view, and then also from a social point of view as well. And you know, all three of these areas have been really impacted through COVID. So these are going to be uh, the ways that we really talk about taking care of ourselves as we take care of others. So let's start by talking about the biological or the physical part of taking care of ourselves, a part that really has been impacted, I think, if not the most and certainly you know, up there toward the top because of the way that we've had to change. Unfortunately, when the pandemic started here in the, in the U.S. in the spring, one of the first things to close were gyms, right? So this was an area of people who are very close together and people really started to be upset about how am I going to work out? And unfortunately, we saw a lot of people not exercise because they didn't really know how to exercise without going to a gym. So really, you know, this has been an area that a lot of people have been focusing on as far as trying to exercise and trying to exercise in what is the new normal. And so a lot of companies right now are taking a lead and trying to take an opportunity of really how to exercise in these times that have changed. So there are a lot of really good ways to exercise now that we can think of, which have not been the typical ways that we have exercised in the past. There are a lot of great apps to use now. There's Apple Fitness came out in the new year as a way to try to capitalize on people being at home. And Peloton, of course, has been a, a game changer for a lot of people who like the indoor cycling. So really trying to look at different ways to exercise is very important for us. And I want to talk about something that um, I actually wrote about a couple of years ago, which 
um, I've worked a lot with patients and that's called the five W's of exercise. So when we talk about the five W's from journalistic writing, we talk about the who, what, where, when, and why. And I really want to use that as we're talking about exercise because I think it's a very unique approach to how we think about exercise. So what are we going to do for exercise? Are we going to use an app? Are we going to use an at-home gym that we have? Who can exercise with us? Who can help us be accountable? It may be a family member. It may be a colleague. And then where are we going to do this at? Is this going to be something that we can do in a home gym? Or can we do outside if the weather is nice? And then I think importantly is when we're going to do this, right? So when do we have time in our schedule to actually work out? And is it going to be a feasible time? And then of course, the why. We all know about the benefits of exercise. Uh, as somebody who works in mental health, I can tell you that exercise is you know, just as important as anything else we can do for our bodies. Research has shown that exercise can be very effective in treating symptoms of depression and anxiety, which a lot of people are experiencing right now, but also um, in insomnia and the symptoms that go along with insomnia, something that we'll talk about in just a minute when we get to sleep. So we, we know that exercise is important. So I'm hoping that everybody really looks at how can I take care of myself in this new normal uh, with exercising in a way that I probably haven't done before. And then also I think was very interesting about March and spring was that gym started closing, but of course uh, in the US dining closed, right? Again, another activity that we all engage in in which we're sitting very close with somebody. Um, so that was one of the things that was you know, really turned around as well. So how did people start to adapt to this? Well, um, a lot of people started shopping more at the, at the grocery stores. Uh, there's a really interesting phenomena that happened back in March, April, where uh, the amount of flour that was being sold in grocery stores increased by you know, a huge percentage because people were baking at home and that was something that was comforting to them. Uh, as these times have changed. And, and there's a lot of talk about the amount of weight that people have gained as far as cooking more at home uh, and, and being able to eat there. And then of course, eating takeout food from different restaurants. So I think it's important as we talk about taking care of ourselves from a global biological sense or a physical sense that we look at our eating patterns and making sure that we're really trying our best if we are eating at home to make sure that we're eating things that are nutritious for us, what we're buying from the grocery store. And then also, if we're eating out, uh, we're getting takeout to make sure that we only eat as much as we need to. And then, of course, you know, a lot of restaurants now are making it easy for those to, to store leftovers. So I think it's important to look at our nutrition as well. It's interesting, the number one mental health complaint uh, since the pandemic started are symptoms of insomnia. And I think nowhere else is that really... Uh, shown to be impacted than those working in the medical field because our schedules have been thrown off. And what we see is that our patterns have changed. A lot of people have been reporting symptoms of insomnia, such as um, not being able to fall asleep at a time they normally would, or not being able to stay asleep, or of course, rising before they want to. Um, and this has really impacted them. So we really want to look at our sleep efficiency. And when I use that term efficiency, I mean that as making sure that when we're in the bed, we're sleeping. So a lot of literature that talks about how to improve the symptoms of insomnia talk about making sure that if we're in the bed for a certain amount of time, that we're only in the bed for sleep. So that we are there, we know what we're going to do, and we train our, 
our mind and our body to understand what the bedroom and what the bed looks like. And that when we go to sleep, we'll actually find that to be more uh, efficient sleep for us. So from the biological sense, making sure that we're exercising, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves uh, nutritionally, and of course, making sure that we get good sleep. What about from the psychological point of view? And I think this is an area that we often overlook, especially I think in healthcare. This is not something that is talked about a lot. Of course, we talk about taking care of ourselves physically. And we talk about that a lot with patients in diet and exercise. But what about psychologically? So how do we take care of ourselves psychologically as healthcare workers, as clinicians? And I think that one of the best things we can start to do is really to embrace the feelings that we're currently having. There's an old psychological tale called the, uh, the pink elephant, right? And the pink elephant theory goes that if you try not to think about a pink elephant, you're going to think about a pink elephant. So, you know, often does it work to try not to think about something. Instead, we oftentimes try to embrace what we're thinking about. Really have that self-awareness that, wow, this is, you know, this is something that we're going through that is very difficult. And how do we embrace feelings? Well, we do that in a variety of ways. We can do that through uh, journaling. We can do that through um, having conversations with others, right? This is, again, something that we're going through as a collective body. So lots of folks, coworkers, colleagues, family, we're all having the same feelings. So, you know, be aware of the feelings that we're having and making sure that we're able to embrace them and to share them appropriately with others that we're around. And then trying to increase our muscle memory, right? So that's a term that really means that the more often we do something and the easier it comes to us, right? And I use that in a psychological sense because what we do every day really impacts us. So how do we take care of ourselves psychologically every day? How do we gain that muscle memory? And a lot of that is by having patience, right? So really taking the time to say, you know what, today I'm going to be a little bit more grateful to myself. I'm going to have the patience with myself to know what I'm, again, to embrace what I'm feeling and then to think about what is important to me uh, and that goes along with identifying our values, right? So again, having the muscle memory and the patience to say, these are my values. And when we talk about values, you know, us in healthcare have, have those values of taking care of folks, right? That's why we're here. Uh, we enjoy this. We enjoy helping to heal others. We enjoy when people are functioning at their optimum level. And so really identifying the values that we have, the importance of them, and how to make them something that we can do every day. I also want to take a minute to, to talk about humor and what that means. And again, I think the area of humor is an area that's not really talked about enough in the sense that humor can really do a lot of good for, for us as we're talking about day-to-day -day interactions. So, you know, as we're looking at embracing these feelings that we have, trying to be self-aware of them, as we're working on our muscle memory and having the patience and the gratitude that we can show ourselves, And as we're identifying the values that we have and the importance of things that we do, make sure that we can see the humor in things. I think we can all think about how that has impacted us before with, with humor, uh, be it laughing with a friend or watching a stand-up comedian or things like that. You know, those are always really good ways to help us. So from a psychological point of view, those are ways that we can take care of ourselves by embracing feelings, by using our muscle memory and by identifying our values.
So what about the social side? So again, as we talked earlier about the biological mm -hmm. side of things, we talked about gyms closing and we talked about restaurants being closed. And one of the first descriptors that come into my mind of COVID-19 is the word socially distanced, right? It's, it's a word that has been used so often since March that you know, we really need to stay away from others physically, right? And so there's a lot of research right now going into the mindset of what that means when we say socially distanced, right? And I really want to change that term toward, you know, making sure that it's a physical distance, right? So, you know, we can certainly continue to be social and I want people to be social. Again, that's how it fills our bucket. That's the overall, again, the biopsychosocial approach is, you know, how are we taking care of ourselves socially? So we have to remain social. And this is where a lot of symptoms of depression and anxiety have been occurring because people have been isolating at home, especially in our geriatric population. We see a lot of people who are not able to see relatives be in a nursing home or a skilled living facility. So again, that physical distance uh, is something that we need to talk about, not so much the social distance. And how have we been working on this since March and April? Well, no time more than now have we ever used technology to our advantage. So, you know, so many great platforms have come about. The use of Zoom and the use of FaceTime and the use of technology to try to be there with people. I enjoy watching the commercials around the holiday season that show a family uh, as they're cooking and eating and they have electronic devices sitting next to them as another family member uh, is eating and they're able to chat and make it feel like things used to be, even though we know it's not. Certainly, those are some ways that we can continue to be social. I want people to really start thinking outside of the box who as it relates to social and what that means and trying new things, right? So again, as we talk about technology, are there some different avenues of engaging with people that we haven't really thought about before? I think book clubs right now are something that a lot of people are really utilizing because again, it's a way that we can connect with folks about a shared idea or a shared concept and we can do it through these virtual platforms such as Zoom. And it's a good way for people really to continue to connect with folks as we continue to move forward with this. And hopefully we'll be able to all be again together soon. So I think it's important that when we look at ourselves, we look at ourselves as we look at patients from that biopsychosocial model and taking care of ourselves physically by making sure that we're taking care of ourselves psychologically and then by making sure that we're taking care of ourselves socially as well. Again, all three of these are very important domains to make sure that we're taking care of. So why don't we go into some questions for a moment? And the question really I would like to ask is, you know, what have you done to increase your well-being? And people have often asked me that question as a clinician, and I ask other clinicians. And the thing I have really heard the most, and what I continue to hear people saying is, I'm trying to implement some type of a schedule. I think that when the majority of people went into quarantine or lockdown in the early spring, again, from a psychological point of view, we look at this really being impacted because we had no control. We weren't able to leave. And I think one of the biggest impacts there was the impact on a day-to-day -day schedule. So as we talk about these three different spectrums, the, the biological, the psychological, and the social spectrum, making sure that in our schedule daily, we have things that are going to really enhance those three areas, making sure that we, again, as we talked about the win of exercise, making sure that we actually schedule that time. 
as we talk about time to work on some reflective journaling, we actually have that time to engage in some reflective journaling. We actually have that time set aside. And then socially, right? So if we're not able to go out and be around others, uh, we're going to do some Zoom book clubs. Uh, we're going to engage in some things such as that. Then what can we do? Well, make sure that we have that in our schedule and make sure that at some point we're giving it its due diligence as well. Because again, we know that the more we take care of all three of these different domains, then the better off we're going to be overall. So again, I think it's very important as we continue to navigate the moving target of COVID-19 that we think about taking care of ourselves from a biopsychosocial model, which again is looking at ourselves from a biological or a physical lens, from a psychological lens, which is taking care of our mental health, and then making sure that we're taking care of ourselves socially as well. So again, my name is Aaron Sutton. I want to thank you for tuning in today, and I look forward to seeing everybody again. Thank you. Aaron, thank you so much for those updates. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the red claim credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit covid19.dkbmed.com. Any questions or issues, feel free to email us at the address listed. To submit questions, please send them to qa at dkbmed.com. That's Q as in question, A as in answer, at dkbmed.com. Again, thanks for joining us and thank you for your dedication to your patients with COVID-19.